God inhabits those praises. You want to know where God is? God is in those praises. That's where He is. You don't have to take a space shuttle anywhere to find God. He's in those praises. Hallelujah. He inhabits those praises. He doesn't just visit those praises. He inhabits those praises. He lives in those praises. He breathes in those praises. That's why you feel him right now. Hallelujah. He has taken up residence in the praises of Israel. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. How many love God? How many love the Lord? thankful that he loves you come on let's praise him because he loves us that's the only reason we can love him because he first loved us thank you Jesus thank you Jesus hallelujah from the gospel according to Luke from the gospel according to Luke we're going to read from the 8th chapter thank the Lord for his presence all day today Hallelujah. A week from this Sunday is going to be Mother's Day. We're going to have a great time in the Lord. There will not be no evening service, just as a reminder. But we're going to have a great time. Bring mom, bring grandma, bring aunts, uncles, cousins. And mom, bring children, children-in-law. Put, put them on a good old-fashioned guilt trip. Tell them they need to be here for Mother's Day to celebrate with you. Amen. Thank the Lord. That's one time guilt is all right. Guilt is okay. Amen. Luke chapter 8 and verse 22. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples. And he said unto them, let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake. And they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they ceased. And there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? They, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? They went from being afraid of the water to being afraid of him. What in the world are we dealing with here? What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and water, and they obey him. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah to God. All praise and glory and honor to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. He who has all power in heaven and in earth, the mighty God, Jesus Christ. Glory to God. I want to preach for just a few moments on the subject, even the winds and water obey him. Even the winds and water obey him. Let's go to the Lord together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. 
we thank you for your mighty power. We thank you that we can trust you in all things. God, we give you praise tonight that your presence is in this place, that you visit us, that you meet us. Hallelujah. That you are as close as the mention of your name. Lord, you know what every need in this place, in this building, every need represented. You know the needs that are deep down in the hearts of the hearers of your word. I pray, Lord, that you would move upon us, move deeply within us. Let your word speak to our soul, O God. Speak to our winds, Lord. Ah, hallelujah. Speak to the circumstances of life that we face. Word of God, speak in the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I love when you open up this Bible and you read words in red letter. These are the precious words of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Being able to, to be able to, to read his words and to understand his teachings is such a blessing. Being able to know what thus saith the Lord is such a beautiful blessing in this life. And Jesus, when he spoke, had authority. He had great authority. The reason that he had such authority was because he was not just one of many people to speak or philosophize, but he was the Word of God incarnate. In fact, the Scripture teaches us, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. That in him was life. That's where life is. In him. The word that is God. And that life is the light of men. And that light shines in the darkness and the darkness comprehends it not. In fact, that is the light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Now, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. The Bible says that that light came unto his own, and his own received him not. He came unto the world, and the world knew him not. But to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Oh, hallelujah. And the Word, the Word that was in the beginning with God, the Word that was God, hallelujah, the Word by whom all things consist, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace, full of truth, Jesus the Christ. The Son of the living God, the everlasting Father manifest in the flesh of man. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. He is the Word of God. 
Now we know that the Word of God is in script form, but we also know that the Word of God comes in voice form. It does not deviate from the script. It's just the script in voice formation. But not only does the Word of God come in Scripture and in the spoken voice of God, but the Word of God comes as a man, Jesus Christ. And He was the Word of God, walking, talking, living, animated. Hallelujah. In fact, the Scripture says that the voice of God walked with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Oh, hallelujah. The Word, the voice walked with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. I want you to know when Jesus spoke, He did not speak as just another man. But He spoke as the Almighty God manifest in the flesh. He spoke as being one who was before all. One who is Alpha and Omega. One who is beginning and ending. One who is first and who is last. So when He would speak the Word... People would go away from his teachings and say concerning what he had said. They would say he speaks not as the scribes do speak. But he speaks as one having authority. Oh, hallelujah. Now we have to understand what they were really saying. What is the root word of authority? That root word is author. They said he speaks like he wrote this whole book. He speaks as if he's the one who is the first. He speaks as though he's the great I am. He speaks as though he is the beginning of all things, that by him all things consist. He doesn't speak like one of the scribes who can speak it verse by verse. And let me tell you something. These scribes could quote any of us under the table. They know Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, the minutia. Of Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. They understand how each verse flows to the next. And they can quote it. And they can quote it frontward. And they can quote it backward. They've got it across their heads. They've got it across their arms. They've got it as frontless before their eyes. They understand how to quote it. But they said there's something different about this man. Because it's not just in knowing how to quote it. You better know what it's talking about. Oh, hallelujah. They knew exactly what, what the Lord said to Eve and to the serpent when he said to the serpent, you have bruised his heel, but the seed of this woman will crush your head. They could quote the scripture, but they didn't know who it was talking about. But when they heard Jesus speak, they walked away saying he speaks like the author. And I want you to know he is the author. He's the author, and he's not just the author. You hear me? I said he's not just the author. He didn't just get this book started. He didn't just start you on your way. But I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. He's not just the author. He's the finisher of our faith. tell you that what God started God's going to complete what God began he will conclude oh I can hear him right now it is finished Whoo, hallelujah that was the author talking that was the author pushing back from the desk 
away from the keyboard saying, I did it. It is written. Oh, glory. It is written and it is finished. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe it enough to repent of all your sins? Do you believe it enough to be baptized in the only saving name, the name of Jesus Christ? Do you believe it enough to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost? Do you believe it enough to let the Holy Ghost empower you to live an overcoming life? Do you believe it enough to walk the straight and the narrow way? Do you believe it enough to pray every day? Do you believe it enough to say on Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand? Do you believe that he's the author and that he's the finisher? My God, have mercy. Well, he had authority when he spoke because he was speaking as God. And so the scripture says that he was, he was ministering in the synagogue one day. And someone, someone had in them an unclean devil. And the unclean devil shouted out to him and said to him, Why do you torment us? We know who you are. And Jesus commanded that unclean spirit to go out of the man. And the scripture says that the unclean spirit tore the man and went out. And they walked out of the synagogue that day saying, oh my goodness. Even the unclean spirits are subject to his voice. They know his voice. And he commands them to go, and they go. Jesus walked up onto the shores of Gadaree. And when he walked up onto the shores of Gadaree, there he met a man who had in him legions of devils. Legions of devils. In fact, Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he said, we are legion, for we are many. And Jesus said, in fact, the, 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 the man that he was ministering to was a man that the townspeople could not control. He would, he would rip his clothes off. He would run and live among the tombs. They would tie him down and try to keep him in check in that way. I guess he didn't want him being the welcoming committee when people would come up onto the shores of Calvary. Welcome to our town. Wait, no, not you. Not you. Get away. Don't, we don't want them to see you. He was a problem to the whole community. And, and Jesus went to the community to meet this man. He didn't go to meet the mayor. He didn't go to meet the chief of police. He didn't go to meet the most prominent person in town. In fact, if you read the scripture, he went up to meet that man. And once he finished with that man, his job was done. He got back on the water and went the other way. And Jesus walks up onto the shores of Gadaree and this man ran to worship him. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know what you've got going on in your life, but whatever it is, you need to run to Jesus and worship him. That's always the solution. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your hands right now and praise the Lord. I don't care what you're going through. Lift up your hands right now and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Worship him and tell him, God, you are holy. God, you are great and greatly to be praised. Magnify the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Woo, glory. When you praise him like that, you enter into his presence. You enter into the presence of the most high God where there is healing and there is power and there is deliverance. Hallelujah. Where the mighty glory power of God is able to deliver you. And this man worshipped him and Jesus proceeded to do what he came to Gadaree to do. He said, what is your name, Legion, for we are many. Don't torment us before our time. And Jesus told those devils and that man to leave him. And they went into the swine and the swine immediately ran headlong into the waters and killed themselves. And this man, the scripture says, when Jesus was finished, was sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. Something that nobody was able to accomplish. All of the efforts of the community programs were not able to somehow coerce this man into normal behavior. But one spoken word of Jesus, the authority of the spoken word of God, was able to reach down deep into that man's soul, spirit, and body. Hallelujah. And bring about the miracle necessary to deliver him. Hallelujah. And people would walk away saying, even the devils are subject to his voice. The scripture says that Jesus found a man who was full of leprosy in Luke chapter 5. And, and he looked at the man and he said to the man, the man said, can I be clean? And Jesus looked at him and said, I will that you be clean. Be thou clean. And when the word of God came into his hearing and mixed with the faith that he had, hallelujah, the leprosy had to leave his body. And the word of God humbled the leprosy. Do you know how many lives that leprosy had taken? Do you know how many, how many worlds the leprosy had rocked? How many communities that leprosy had devastated? But the word of Almighty God, when it confronted leprosy, leprosy had no chance. There was no possibility that leprosy could stand in the face of the awesome word of God. Leprosy had to go. Jesus found a man at the pool of Bethesda. And when he looked at this man at the pool of Bethesda, he said, haven't you been here a while? And the guy said, I've been here 38 years. And Jesus said, well, what, are you, what are you still here for? He said, because an angel comes down at a certain season and troubles the water. But every time that I try to get in the water, somebody else gets in before I can get in. And he was waiting for his season to come. Jesus said, stop waiting for the seasons of this world to arrive. And understand that right now is the time. Rise. Rise. Take up thy bed and walk. Rise right now. Do it now. Take up your bed and walk. I know your bed has been confining you, but we're about to turn the tables and we're going to confine the bed. Rise. Take up your bed and walk. And when the word of God came forth, hallelujah, that lame man felt the quickening in his body. He got up just like the word said to do. He took up his bed and he walked. Hallelujah. 
Hey, you better know what you're doing when you're quoting this Bible. You better know this isn't just quoting some ancient literature that is poetic and pretty. These are the words of eternal life. These are the words of Almighty God. There's healing in that book. I said there's healing in this book. There's power. Power in this book. Woo, glory. And so they said, go get Jesus. Why? Because Lazarus is sick. He's so sick. Nigh unto death. So they went to find Jesus. And to their shock, Jesus said, I'm going to chill right here for just a moment. He let days go by. Lazarus went from being sick to actually dying. Word came back that Lazarus had died. And Jesus' response seemed almost cavalier-like. Strange. He said, oh, he's not dead. He's only sleeping. Oh, hallelujah. I, that's a mystery to me, that whole thing. He See, Jesus understands something about death we don't understand. You do know he's got the keys to it. He's not dead. He's only sleeping. Hallelujah. And he waited one day, two days, three days. He waited until the fourth day. Many people think that the reason he waited to the fourth day was because the Pharisees believed in resurrection. But they believed that past the third day, resurrection was no longer possible because the spirit, in their estimation, had completely left the body. So it was almost as if Jesus waited past the superstition of the Pharisees. And he walked in on the fourth day when all hope was gone. And he walks on to this, this scene where everybody's mourning and grieving. Hallelujah. And Sister Martha comes out to meet Jesus and said, Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother would still be alive. And Jesus said, Martha, your brother is going to live again. She said, I know he'll live again in the resurrection. And Jesus said, but you speak of the resurrection as though it is a kind of a, you know, an event on the calendar. You speak of the resurrection as though the resurrection is some foregone uh, idea way down the path. What you fail to understand is that the resurrection is a person. I am the resurrection. Put her there. Pleased to meet you. And I am the life. He that believeth in me. Though he were dead, yet shall he. Yet shall he live. I loved what Martha said. She said, even now, you can speak the word. We like to pick on Martha how she approached Jesus, but you can't dismiss what she said. Even now, say the word, because I know the power of when you speak the word. Ooh, meanwhile, Mary comes running up to Jesus, and Mary says the same thing Martha said. If you would have been here, my brother would still be alive. Same thing, but in a completely different posture. Martha kind of had her hand on her hip. But Mary's down on her face. If you were here, my brother would still be alive. Let me tell you something. It matters how you approach Jesus. 
You can arrogantly stroll up to him if you want to, demanding answers and demanding a response and demanding a reply. And you know what? You'll get a revelation. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. But you can say the same stuff in a humble posture with tears of contrition and brokenness and humility before God. And you'll get more than a revelation. You'll get a demonstration. He said, show me where you have laid him. Jesus walks up to Lazarus' grave, and this is the moment where Jesus wept because of their unbelief. And he said, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes, because through his death, I'm going to show you a mighty power you would not have known otherwise. And then he said something that took them all by surprise. Roll away the stone. Oh, but Lord, we've given up on this situation. Roll away the stone. Oh, but Lord, by now he has decomposed and it would be a problem. Roll away the stone. You know, it's amazing. Demons obey him and we have trouble obeying him. Hear me? I said leprosy obeys him. Unclean devils in hell obey him. And Christian believers have a hard time believing and obeying him. Roll away the stone. Well, let me tell you a hundred reasons why you're going down the wrong path. And this doesn't make sense. And this isn't a good idea. And you should know better. And and maybe you don't understand how things work around. Roll away the stone. And let God be God. Roll away the stone. Demons obey him. Leprosy obeys him. Lame conditions obey him. And you're getting ready to see that even death has to obey him. Lazarus. He cried with a loud voice. Lazarus! Come forth. And all of a sudden, out of that tomb, Walks a man in grave clothes. My God. Clothes that were meant to, 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 to confirm his passing. Hallelujah. He's walking around in the very set of circumstances that were to tell everybody he was gone. But he's walking around in those circumstances. Because the word of God reached down into that place of death. And gripped him and pulled him out. Lazarus, come forth. And death had to obey. Just like the demons had to obey. Just like leprosy had to obey. Just like the lame legs had to obey. In fact, there was one man who came to Jesus and said, Jesus, my servant is sick. My servant is grievously vexed. My servant needs a touch of the master. And Jesus said, I will come to your house and I will pray for him. I will heal him. I will come to your house. And the centurion said, you don't even have to come to my house. I understand authority and I know that when you speak things obey he said in fact you don't even have to come under my roof in fact he said I'm not even worthy 
that you would come up under my roof. Speak the word. Speak the word only. And my servant shall be healed. Jesus took a moment and said, everybody look right here. This Roman centurion, this soldier who's not of the Jewish lineage of Abraham, I have not found such great faith in all of Israel as what I'm seeing in this man right here. Have you noticed the gospel writers took time to point out people who were not of the Jewish faith, who were not of the lineage of Abraham, that their faith brought Jesus into a position of working miracles on their behalf? Have you noticed that? A Syrophoenician woman who would not go away. She just, she just reached for him and said, My daughter's grievously vexed of a devil. I need, you to, I need you to heal my daughter. I need you to deliver my daughter. He said, Go away. I'm, I'm come for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Mercy, Lord, and truth, Lord. And I worship you, Lord. Have mercy on me, Lord. And Jesus said to her, He said, It's not me to cast the children's bread to dogs. And she said, This is true. But even the dogs eat from the crumbs that fall from the master's table hallelujah hallelujah and Jesus Jesus finally had to turn around and say all right your faith has made the difference your daughter is whole and she was made whole from that very hour it was one after another who was healed who was set free what he was showing people was don't take your faith for granted don't take what you have access to for granted because if you reject him he's able to raise up of these stones children unto Abraham in other words if you won't praise him the rocks will cry out in praise unto the Lord oh hallelujah somebody needs him somebody wants him somebody craves his presence and he'll reach down into the depth of the dirt of this earth and he'll pull people out of situations you never dreamed they could get out of he'll pull people out of circumstances that you never dreamed they'd be able to overcome because of the power of his word so it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples and he said unto them let us go over unto the other side of the lake and they launched forth and as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake. And they, meaning the boat, were filled with water. That is not a good situation. And they were in jeopardy. And I'm not talking about the wheel of fortune. They were in Jeopardy, and they came to Jesus and awoke him, saying, Master, oh hallelujah, when you call on him, what do you call him? You better call him Master, hallelujah. Glory to God. He's not one of many that I serve. He's not one of many that I worship. I don't want my loyalties divided amongst several different gods of this world. I certainly don't want self-worship going on. I want it to be unequivocally understood. He is my Lord. He is my God. He is my master. He is my king. He is my savior. He is the one the only one hallelujah he is the one the only one hey you need to lay aside all these other masters you have in your life 
Don't you know no man can serve two masters? You better have one master. And a lot of people have like ten masters until the storm shows up. Then they know who's the master. Hallelujah. That's when we run to him. And don't be ashamed. Run to him. Come on, don't be ashamed. If you got some kind of a deal going on that you can't control, there's only one place to go. And it's not the tarot card reader. There's only one place to go. And it's not the stock market. There's only one place to go. You hear what I'm telling you? You call on the master, Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus. Master. Master, we perish. That desperate cry woke him up. Notice the, the, the wind didn't wake him up. The waters didn't wake him up. I slept on a cruise ship one time. That the, Man, I thought we were going under. I could hear that Titanic theme song singing in the background. I thought, dear God, we're all going. We're all going. We're all going down. Lord, I'm going to send out a message. I love everybody. Appreciate everybody. Lord, have mercy. I don't know how he slept. That thing rocks and rolls. And they were filled with water. That means he, was, he may have even been sleeping with water all around him. But the water didn't wake him. And the wind didn't wake him. And the storm didn't wake him. And the lightning didn't wake him. And the thunder didn't wake him. Oh, but the desperate cry. Hallelujah. The desperate cry of somebody in need. Hallelujah. It can break up any sleep. Hallelujah. Listen, I don't care how long you've put him to sleep in your life. It might be 10 years since you and he last spoke. I'm going to tell you, if you cry out, he'll hear your cry. You hear what I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen. You might have put him to sleep in the bottom of your boat and thought, well, those were good times, good memories. I appreciate all of it. I just don't need him now. Today's a day for fishing. Oh, but when the storm rises, I just am so curious. Why would you let Jesus go to sleep on your boat? Why aren't you talking to him? Can you imagine if Jesus was in your car today? On the way home, you wouldn't let him fall asleep. I hope not. I hope you'd be picking his brain a little bit. They let him go to sleep in the bottom of the boat. And Jesus is asleep, but the desperate cry of a person, a soul in need, woke him up. And he walks out onto that boat. The Bible says he arose and rebuked the wind. And he rebuked the raging of the water. And they ceased, and there was a calm. Oh, hallelujah. Glory. You know what you need to do if you're in the middle of a storm right now? You, the, the first thing you need, you need to stop trying to figure it out. And you need to wake Jesus up in your life. You're trying to figure it all out and figure out what you did wrong and where you went wrong. You folks, that's not the issue. Right? You know what the issue is? There's water in the boat, and you're in jeopardy. What you need is a prayer meeting. What you need is to get a hold of God. What you need to do is speak in tongues again. What you need to do is get drunk in the Holy Ghost again. 
Hallelujah. What you need to do is get a hold of God until he rises up in your life and rebukes the wind. And rebukes the raging of the water until the water ceases and the wind ceases and there is a calm. Oh, hallelujah. See, here's the thing about wind and water. Wind, you can't see it. You think you see it. You don't see it. You think, well, I've seen a tornado, if not in person, on YouTube. You still haven't seen wind. Wind is pushing and pulling that tornado. It's rotating it and shifting it. But what you're seeing is, is not the actual wind. Wind is something you can't see, but you can certainly feel it. And the thing that you're up against in your life is like the wind. It's something you can't see, but it's something you can feel. You're up against spiritual things. You're up against stuff that's intangible. Who can bind up the wind in their hand? Who can get a grip on the wind? You can't get a grip on the wind. You can't harness these things that are tossing you to and fro. you got so much stuff coming against you. And, and the Bible says that the enemy of your soul is the prince of the power of the air. And, and you're up against spiritual things. You're up against wind, invisible stuff that's pushing you around, that's pushing your boat around, pushing your family around, knocking you down, preventing you from opening certain doors. You ever stood at the, a door trying to get it open and the wind is pushing against? Don't go to the Chipotle on Mason Montgomery Road on a windy day. Just don't do it. Stood there for 35 minutes. Oh, God. Finally, I just went to Qdoba. My word. But that wind pushes up against that door. Listen, God's got doors to open for you. And you'll never be able to walk through them because you are so bound by the invisible forces around you that are pushing against you, making life difficult for you. But I want you to know that even the winds obey His voice. you're doing all the talking you're doing all the complaining you're doing all the negative speaking you're even doing all the positive speaking but those winds don't listen to positive speech and they don't listen to negative speech and your complaining has no effect whatsoever what you need is the word of God the winds obey his voice the water obeys his voice. Water is such an amazing thing. You can't live without it. You have to take it into your body and receive it as nourishment. And it gives life to all the organs of your body. But it's not quite as nice when you're actually sailing on it in the middle of a storm. And the waves begin to toss your vessel to and fro. And there is precedent to say that those waves can overthrow your vessel. Capsize all of your plans. Everything that you had intended on doing. These waters can overthrow it and can change your course. And can, and can alter your destiny completely. Oh, oh that we would have Jesus in our boat. Make him the master of your sea. 
Too many people are sailing on the seas of life without Jesus in the mix. Without Jesus, not just in the mix, but Jesus as the master. Hallelujah. I don't know who was responsible for steering that ship in Luke chapter 8. But when the storm came, it was clear that whoever was the master of the ship was no longer the master of the ship. Jesus was the master of the ship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, lay down everything that you've made your God. Lay down everything that you've made your master. If your Netflix is more important to you than this Bible, lay it down. Lay it down. Lay it down in the name of Jesus Christ. Do you hear what I'm telling you? If this world has your attention, but God has to fight through all kind of crud and carnality to get through to you, you've got some masters to lay aside and let Jesus be Lord in your life. Hey, I know you might have the Holy Ghost, but is He Lord of your life? Glory, glory, Lord, speak your word. Speak your word to my circumstances. Speak your word on the bow of my boat. Step up and take control, take charge, take authority. I submit to you because in my direction, in my way of doing it, we perish. But if the Lord will open up his mouth and speak his word, the winds and the waves that you can't control will obey him. If you believe it, receive it right now in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Well, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Glory to the Lamb of God. Some of you are up against waters and some of you are up against waves. And some of you are up against winds. But in the name of Jesus, I want the Word of God to take complete control in my circumstances right now. I'm letting Jesus speak into my life right now. Speak, Lord, into my circumstances. Speak, Lord. Hallelujah. Into my storm. Speak into my storm. Come on, somebody. Praise Him right now. Praise Him right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, stand to your feet right now. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Lift your voice in praise unto the Lord. Lift your voice in praise unto the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. One gospel account, one gospel account teaches us that Jesus walked to the bow of the boat and said, Peace, be still. Peace, be still. Now that almost sounds redundant because he sang peace and then he sang be still. But I believe If it's anything in the way God has dealt with me, I believe he was addressing two different storms. I believe he was addressing peace to the storm of the disciples while he was saying be still to the storm on the waters. You know why I believe that? I'll tell you why I believe that. Because in my own life's personal experience, I've had God speak peace to me even while the storm still raged. 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. You got lightning flashing. You got thunder rolling. You got waves rolling. You got water standing high. You've got winds blowing your head across. And, and you don't know which way to go. You don't know where you are. You don't know if you're looking up at the sky or you're looking down at the water. All you know is you could die very easily. And you feel like all hope is lost. And then all of a sudden there comes a word. Peace. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you something. When you have peace, let the lightning flash and let the thunder roll and let the waters rage high and let the winds begin to move because you've got peace. Hallelujah. Peace. And when you've got peace, you've got all you need. You say, how can you have peace in a set of circumstances like that? Well, hey, it's a peace that passes all understanding. And it's a love that casts out fear. I feel like there's somebody right now in a storm of your life. I want you to lift your hands and begin to praise God and ask Him to speak His word into your circumstances. Come on, that's it, all across this house. I want somebody to come forward right now. Come on, in the name of Jesus, let's close this service out. Somebody come forward and say, Oh God, I submit my storm to you right now. I'm not going to try to control it. I can't harness the lightning. I can't get a grip on the wind. I can't, I can't hold the water in my hands. The water slips through my fingers. The wind, I can't, I don't know how, there's not a handle on the wind. I can't get a hold of this thing. Jesus is getting ready to speak to your winds and to your waves. The master of your vessel is getting ready to rise up. Hallelujah. And command those things that you cannot command. Those things you cannot control. Somebody else come in the name of Jesus. Somebody else come and say, God, I'm giving you my storm right now. I'm giving you the winds. I'm giving you the waves. Hallelujah. I trust your word, Lord, that you are able, God. Hallelujah. That even the winds and the waves obey Oh